I'm glad to be back. Uh, it's good to see you. Uh, I'm grateful. As you know, we're doing a stewardship series, and uh, the assignment that's uh, topic has been assigned to me is stewarding your prayer life. Stewarding your prayer life. So, if you have your Bible, uh, turn with me to Matthew six. That's where we'll start off tonight. Now, I don't want to do a sermon on this, this passage. Uh, this is just a passage that will jumpstart. We'll, we'll be all over the place. Uh, stewarding your prayer life. Matthew 6, verse 5, Jesus says this. <clears throat> when you pray, you're not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so they may be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who's in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do. For they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then in this way, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us, this, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have given our debtors. Do not lead us in temptation, but deliver us from evil. Uh, I want to focus on a phrase that's mentioned four times in this section. When you pray, when you pray. Jesus said it four times. I don't know if you caught that. That implies that Jesus' disciples will pray. They will pray. Here in so many other passages throughout the Bible, we are to pray. We are to pray. So I want to ask you a question tonight. In the words of J.C. Ryle, I have a question for everybody. It's a question that no one except you can answer. It's contained in three little words. Do you pray? Do you pray? It's something only that you can answer. Mark can't answer that for you. Your friends can't answer that for you. Your roommates can't answer that for you. Your elders can't answer that for you. Only between you and God can you answer that question honestly. Do you pray? For the Christian, praying is supposed to be like breathing. It's easier to do than not to do. Life on mission makes prayer as natural as breathing, as ordinary as our heart's beating. And Christians of every type of, of background pretty much agree. Uh, Augustine said this, he that loves little, prays little. And he that loves much, prays much. John Bunyan, if you are not a praying person, you are not a Christian. Richard Baxter, prayer is the breath of a new creature. Prayer is natural for the followers of Jesus. It's natural. It's easy for us. So I want to ask you again, do you pray? Do you pray? What is prayer exactly? 
I think one of the early church fathers, St. Clement, I think he probably put it best. And he said this, prayer is conversation with God. It's conversation with God. Prayer is talking with God. And yet so many Christians struggle to pray. So many believers do not pray. If you did a survey of a group of Christians asking if they were satisfied with their prayer life, many would answer no. If you asked them, in what area of your Christian life do you most need to grow? Many would say prayer. I wonder tonight in your mind and your conscience, how's your prayer life going? Do you need to grow in prayer? Are you attempting to pray? Do you pray, Christian? So tonight, I want to look at three aspects of prayer. Three aspects of prayer. And we'll be all over the Bible. And my hope is that through this time together, uh, you will be encouraged and motivated to pray and to grow in your prayer life as a follower of Jesus Christ. That's my hope and that's my prayer for you. So one, number one, if you're taking notes, prayer is a privilege. Prayer is a privilege. Now let's go back to the basic definition of prayer. Prayer is a conversation with God. Stop and think about that for a moment. Prayer is a conversation with who? God. It's with God. Think about that. It's with God. That one simple sentence should over, overlay every circuit of your brain right now. Prayer is a conversation with God. When we pray, when you pray, you converse with God. God the creator, God the almighty, God the all-knowing, God the majestic one, God the supreme being, God, the absolute ruler of all. You should never cease to be amazed that the God of the universe, the God that created you, wants to talk with you, wants to converse with you. That should never stop amazing you. Prayer is a privilege. It's a privilege. It's a privilege because through prayer, we enter God's presence. We enter God's presence. Psalm 84, one and two says this, how lovely are your dwelling places, O Lord of hosts. My soul longed and even yearned for the courts of the Lord. My heart, my flesh sing for joy to the living God. A Psalm writer longed to enter God's presence. So I wanna ask you, do you long to be with God? Do you yearn to be with God? The God that created you, the God that sustains you, the God that saved you. Do you long to be with him? Do you yearn for it? This psalm, the psalm writer, his soul yearned for God as a, as a hungry man uh, desires food or a thirsty man craves water. Nothing else can take God's place. Nothing at all. There's nothing more beautiful, nothing more refreshing, nothing lovelier, nothing more satisfying than entering the presence of God. He longed for it. And we get to enter God's presence 
through the privilege of prayer. Through the privilege of prayer. Do you realize that's something we cannot do before we became Christians? That's something that you couldn't do before you became a Christian. God is holy. We are sinful. And so we are separated from God. We are separated from his presence because of our sin. And we are blocked from him. We have no access to God. We are sinful human beings that deserve his judgment, deserve his wrath. But God sent Jesus and Jesus bridged the the gap and he opened up a way for us to come back to God. He opened up the way for us to have access with God. And so if our faith is in Jesus, our sins have been forgiven and our fellowship with God is restored. Do you realize that? And therefore, because of Jesus, we now get to enter God's presence through prayer. Do you long for it, Christian? Do you yearn for it? It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you serve. It doesn't matter if you're a leader. It doesn't matter if you work here at Grace. Christian, who God sent his son to suffer and die for you, do you long to be with your Savior? Do you yearn for it? The book of Hebrews puts it this way. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We may approach God's throne boldly and with confidence. Why? Why? Because in Christ, it's no longer a throne of judgment for us, but rather a throne of grace. Praise God for Jesus. It's no longer a throne of judgment. It's a throne of grace. Christ has opened up the way to God so that you may freely enter his presence through prayer. So not only is prayer a privilege because through prayer we enter his presence, but it's also a privilege because we address him as father. We address him as father. Uh, Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 6, 9, we just read it, pray then in this way, our what? Our father. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Jesus said, we may call God Father. Did you catch that? Jesus said that we get to call God our Father. Think about that. Uh, I think sometimes we miss the wonder of this statement. Uh, This was an amazing statement by Jesus. God is the Father only of those who have come to his family through his Son. If you're a Christian tonight, God is your father. It's only to those who receive him that Jesus gives the right to become children of God. And because believers belong to Jesus, they could come to God as his beloved children. This is an amazing privilege. It's an amazing privilege. In prayer, you talk with God as a child talks to his father. He is your father. Christian, that means prayer is personal. Prayer is respectful. 
Prayer is trusting and prayer is honest. You can talk to God, your father, about anything. About anything. Because he saved you through his son. So not only is prayer privileged through because we enter God's presence and we get to address him as father, but I also think prayer is a privilege because we are invited to ask. We are invited to ask. Jesus said in John 16, until now you have asked for nothing in my name and ask you will receive so that your joy may be full. The God of the universe invites you to ask him for anything. Did you hear that? The God of the universe invites you, a sinful creature who disobeyed him, deserves his wrath. He invites you, Christian, who he bought, who who he bought through his son. He invites you to ask him anything, anything. You never have to be fearful or, or shy about asking. He he wants you to ask and he delights to answer. Why? But Jesus said, so that your joy will be made full. So that your joy will be complete. I love what our pastor said on this verse in his commentary. And I encourage you, uh, Pastor John's sermon on Matthew 6. I listened to it this week, that passage we read. I encourage you to listen to it. Uh, it's, 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 Helpful. I love what he said in this verse. Answer prayer based on the finished work of Jesus Christ and springing from an obedient life is a powerful force in turning sorrow into joy. We are invited to ask anything. It is an extraordinary privilege. It is a privilege to have an audience before the creator and sustainer of the universe for your joy. So your joy will be complete. You should not view prayer as something that you have to do, but something that you get to do. That you get to do. Do you need faith to see beyond beyond your circumstances? Uh, Do you need divine intervention for a difficult situation? Uh, Do you need relief from pain, grief, or sorrow? Do you need strength to resist temptation? Do you need victory over some sin in your life? Do you need wisdom for a tough decision you have to make? Do you need a door of opportunity opened up for you? Do you need healing of health? Do you need reconciliation in some broken relationship? Do you need grace to be faithful in a hard assignment? Do you need assurance that God is on your side? Each one of those questions, and there's so many more, each one of those happens after prayer. It happens after prayer and you get to approach God, the God of the heavens, your father through Jesus. You get to approach him and ask him anything, anything. There are a lot of things you can do to fix your situation after you pray, but there is nothing you can do to fix the situation until you pray. Do you long and yearn to pray with God. Friend, through Jesus, you have been given a wonderful privilege to speak with the God who created you and you get to address him as father. 
and he hears your prayers. He hears your prayers. Psalm 145, 18, the Lord is near to all who call upon him. That is an amazing privilege. So I want to ask you again, do you pray? Do you pray? So if prayer is such a wonderful privilege, why don't we pray more? Why do we struggle with our prayer life? Well, second, if you're taking notes, we struggle because prayer is not only a privilege, but prayer is also a discipline. Uh, Prayer is also a discipline. We must develop the the discipline and, and, and practice of prayer in our life if we were to enjoy this remarkable privilege. And why is it a discipline? Well, first, I think it's a discipline because our sin gets in the way. Our sin gets in the way. Paul writes in Romans 7, for I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is in my flesh, for the willing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. For the good that I want, I do not do but I practice the very evil that I do not want. But if I'm going to do the very thing I do not want, I am no longer the one doing it, but the sin that dwells in me. So even though our sin uh, may be forgiven as Christians, uh, we still have a sinful flesh, do we not? Uh, We still have a sinful flesh that, that fights against the things of God, and that includes the practice of prayer. It includes the practice of prayer. I have the desire to do what is good. Uh, I want to pray. I want to grow in my prayer life, but I don't always do it. Why? Because my sin nature gets in the way. My sinful flesh gets in the way. Uh, We we fall short in our prayer lives. Uh, We make excuses, so many excuses. Uh, Our sin gets in the way. And this makes our prayer time extremely hard, right? It makes it extremely hard. And when we pray, we die to self. You literally die to self. You ever thought about that? It's death. You, you, you die to self. Death hurts. It stings. It hurts. And that's why our flesh fights so hard against prayer. It goes against our, our, our natural flesh. We have to be disciplined when it comes to praying, because our sin gets in the way. It gets in the way. Uh, second reason why prayer is a discipline, I think, is because we are called to persevere in prayer. It's hard work. Praying is hard work. And Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Uh, the verbs in this verse are what we call uh, present imperatives, which carry the additional meaning of keep on praying, keep on praying, keep doing it, keep on praying. So I, we, we could translate this verse, keep on asking and it will be given to you. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. It's a picture of persisting and persevering in prayer. You keep on praying. You keep on knocking on the door. You keep on seeking. You keep doing it. Prayer is a discipline. 
And because it's a discipline, you must persevere. You must persevere. It's hard enough because of our flesh. It's hard enough because of the sinful world that we're in. You must persevere. You must keep on. You must keep on. You must put effort into developing the practice of prayer in your life. Which begs for the question, do you put the effort in? Do you put the effort in? Do you? Or do you let your sinful flesh, the sinful world, everything around you dominate you? Do you put the effort in when you pray? There will be days, if you haven't experienced it already, I'll be shocked if you haven't, there will be days when you will, feel not, when you will not feel like praying. But you must persevere. You must keep fighting. You must keep on, keep on. Pray always. Martin Luther said this, prayer is the most important thing in my life. If I should neglect prayer for a single day, I should lose a great deal of the fire of faith. And it should be the same for each one of us, should it not? Uh, if you didn't know, it was Valentine's Day this week. Um, maybe you had a special Valentine or a secret admirer in this room. Who knows? Uh, fellas, I just want to stop here, give you a commercial. If you do have a special lady in your life, I have five rules of dating. I would love to talk to you afterwards. It would be a great beneficial benefactor to your soul, I think. And maybe your special lady is in this room. I don't know. Sorry, ladies. <laughs> At least you get a free meal. Um, <laughs> and always, and always around this time, Valentine's Day, I always try to be romantic. Hey, Haley doesn't like it. Uh, at all. <laughs> but I always try, and I do it by reading poetry. I read a lot of poetry, poems. It's Some of them are lame and cheesy, and some of them are good. Um, and in God's perfect timing, I found this poem this week by a, name, a man named George Herbert, and I may be pronouncing that wrong, but he said this, prayer should be the key of the day and the lock of the night. You should pray each morning as you start your day. And you should talk to God at the end of each day before you go to sleep. And you should talk to God throughout the day as various events take place in your life. But life happens, right? Life happens. Faith weakens. Temptations attack. Satan oppresses. Needs are overwhelming. Sickness comes, finances disappear, loneliness suffocates, friends betray, decisions paralyze, worries strangle, and careers stall. The challenges, challenges of life confront every single one of us in this room. And as we spoke, we said earlier, you can't cancel your appointment with trouble. You can't cancel your appointment with trouble. And you do not know when the pain and the trials will show up in your life. Just be sure it's coming and, and there's nothing that you can do to stop it. 
And there's only one reliable option for responding to these things. It's what Moses did when the the burden of leading Israel got the best of him. That's what King Jehoshaphat did when he did not know what to do about the coalition of nations that were planning to attack God's people. It's what Nehemiah did when he received the bad news about the broken down walls of Jerusalem. It's what David did as he hid in a cave to escape Saul who sought his life. It's what Daniel did before an open window, even though he knew it would land him in a lion's den. It's what the church did at Mary's house the night before Peter was put to death by Herod. It's what Paul and Silas did in the middle of the night as they sat in jail on false accusations. And it's what Jesus himself did in the garden as he agonized in the shadow of the cross. You ought to pray. You ought to pray. Do you realize that God can do more in five seconds than you can do in five hours, five weeks, five months, five years? He can do more in five seconds than any one of us in this room. You need God's grace, God's power, God's provision for everything that you do, for every single moment, for every single breath, breath. You need God's grace. Prayer is an extraordinary privilege and it requires effort on your part. It requires discipline on your part. So I want to ask you again, do you pray? Or do you let life beat you down? Do you make excuses? Do you let your sinful flesh take control of you? Do you let your circumstances get the best of you? Are you disciplined enough to pray? Do you pray? Third, if you're taking notes, and finally, prayer is a responsibility. Prayer is a responsibility. We have a responsibility to pray as Christians. God has commanded us to pray. Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be, be, be made known to God. First Thessalonians, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 6, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. 1 Timothy 2, first of all, then I urge the entreaties and prayers and petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men. James 5, 16, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. And there's so many other passages throughout the whole Bible, throughout this whole book, 66 books. There's so many more passages that will take the whole hour that tell us that we are commanded to pray. You have a responsibility to pray. And because it's a command or a responsibility for us, the implication is this, then not praying is a sin. Not praying is a sin. 
Anything that interrupts our connection to God or, or leads to, to self-reliance is wrong. It's sin. Not praying is the opposite to a good relationship with God. How's your relationship with God right now? Can you imagine someone claiming to be your best friend and never talking to you? Someone who's your best friend, they claim you're the bee's knees and they never speak one word to you. Never. That friendship would be strained, right? It's not, not good. It's not, it's not healthy. In the same way, a relationship with God is impoverished and fatigued without communication. God's people will have a natural desire to communicate with him. Just think about this. God who saved you, he saved you. If you just think about that statement, who you were before Christ, he saved you. Is he not the most precious thing in your life? Is he not? It's like a best friend. Are you conversing with him? Are you praying to him? Are you talking to him? You have a responsibility to pray to the living God who saved you from hell. Psalm 5, psalmist writes this, in the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. In the morning, I will order my prayer to you. Again, not praying is the opposite to a good relationship with God. It's sin. Not praying ignores the, the gift or intercession that God has given. We are called to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We saw that in James 5, right? We were called to pray for each other. And let me just say, say here, <laughs> you probably know what's going on with our church for the internet and nonsense that's going on on the fake book, as my dad calls it. And on Twitter, I'm sure you're aware. If not, don't even look it up. You waste your time. What is your first response? Gossiping or praying for our elders in our church? What was your first response? Praying for one another or talking about it? Not praying is a defiance toward God's command to love others. And we're not only to pray for, for people who are easy to pray for, we're going to pray for people who's hard to love. We're going to pray for people who, 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 who don't like us. And we saw that in uh, 1 Timothy 2. And Jesus also tells us that we must pray for those who persecute us. And that's the message of Christ, to love and support everyone with prayer, even those the ones who hate you. Not praying clouds our hearts to the temptation Temptation surrounding us, and it leads us to further sin. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 26, keep watching and praying that you may not enter in temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is what? Weak. Prayer is our lifeline and connection to God. It's your lifeline and your connection to God. 
Christ showed the, the, the opposite of a prayerless life when he walked on this earth. He modeled a praying life, a prayer-filled life. So each Christian, each one of you who claim to be a Christian has the responsibility to pray and not praying is a sin. It's a sin. One of my favorite books on prayer is a book by Andrew Murray. It's called The Prayer Life. It's hard to find. They're they're, they're not in print anymore. Um, You can find them in bookstores online, like used bookstores, like thrift books. Encourage you to check it out. The Prayer Life by Andrew Murray. It's a book that was uh, birthed out of a conference that took place in 1912. And at that time, there was a a widespread sense that the church in general was lacking in spiritual power and spiritual effectiveness. And so during that time, over 200 ministers and missionaries and theological students gathered in South Africa to figure out the problem and discuss it. And Murray writes this. The Lord graciously so ordered it that we were gradually led to the sin of prayerlessness as one of the deepest roots of evil. No one can plead himself free from this. Prayer is in the very, is the very deed, the pulse of the spiritual life. It's in the very deed, the pulse of the spiritual life. It is the great means of bringing to minister and people the blessing and power of heaven. He said, persevering and believing prayer means a strong and abundant life. Not praying is one of the deepest roots of evil. Spurgeon said it this way. Prayerless souls are Christless souls. Christless souls are graceless souls. And graceless souls shall soon be damned souls. In other words, if you live and die without prayer, you will pray when you get to hell. That's what Spurgeon is saying. If you live and die without praying, you will pray when you get to hell. Friend, Christian, do you pray? Do you pray? You spend many hours with other people. I see it on most of your social medias. I see you around here at Steeple. See you out here till 11 o'clock midnight on Friday. You spend many hours with people. But how many hours do you spend with your maker? How many hours do you spend with your maker? Your savior. Prayer is an act of obedience to God. The Bible doesn't present prayer as an optional response to life's challenges. Prayer is a divine mandate from heaven itself. It is your Christian duty. It is your responsibility to pray. Paul says in Colossians 4, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. An attitude of thanksgiving. What does it mean to devote yourself to prayer? 
It means to be devoted. It means to be fervent. It means to be persistent in prayer. In other words, don't stop praying. Be constant in prayer. Do whatever it takes to maintain and sustain your prayer life. Whatever it takes. Keep your heart in a posture of prayer before God. Pray for the will of God by praying according to the word of God. Set a time every day for prayer and Bible reading. Make a personal prayer list or prayer list. Develop friendships with other believers with whom you can partner with in prayer. Pray when you feel like it and pray until you feel like it. One pastor said this, pray when you feel like it for it is a sin to neglect such an opportunity and pray when you don't feel like it for it is dangerous to remain in such a condition. In other words, just pray. Pray until you feel like it. It is your responsibility. It's your responsibility. You will answer for your prayer life. You will answer before God about your prayer life with him. You understand that? It's your responsibility. And it's an awesome responsibility because you get to converse, you get to talk with the God of heaven, the God that has saved you. It's awesome. I want to ask you again, in the words of J.C. Ryle, I can't say it enough. Do you pray? The question is one that none but you can answer. Whether you attend public worship or not, your pastor knows. But whether you pray in private or not, Ryle says, is a matter between yourself and God. Do you pray? Do you pray? As Christians, we are commanded to pray. So let me encourage you to pray. Begin at each end each day with prayer. Pray throughout the day as various things come up. Pray together with your family, your housemates, your friends. Pray together in your small group. Pray with each other before foundation uh, by the bathrooms at six. Uh, Pray every Sunday night with other church members before the PM service in the hive. Just pray. God does not have any silent children. He doesn't have any silent children. Just pray. But friend, know this and hear me clearly. This all starts by accepting God's salvation through Jesus. If you are not a Christian tonight, if you are not a Christian, I'm not asking you how long you've been going to this church, if you grew up in Sunday school, if you work here, you're a leader. If you are not a Christian here tonight, let me tell you that you are a sinner separated from God. And you on a are on a road headed for destruction and wrath. I want to warn you that you are in a position of terrible danger. Terrible danger. If you die in your present state, you are a lost soul. You are a lost soul. 
and you will only rise again to be eternally miserable in hell. But God in his mercy and grace, he sent his son, his only begotten son, to live and to die for you, to bear the judgment that you deserve, to bear the wrath that you deserve. A man who was sinless sent him to die for you. And the Bible says this, repent and pray. Repent and pray. If you want faith in a new heart, go and cry out to God for it. Cry out to him for it. Jesus can satisfy those who trust him and call on him, no matter what your circumstance in life may be, no matter what it may be. Do not lose heaven. Hear me, hear me clearly. Do not lose heaven. Do not lose Christ for not asking. Do not lose Christ for not asking. Cry out to God to save you. And to my fellow Christians, my brothers and sisters here tonight, thank God that you are saved. Thank God that he has delivered you from the domain of darkness. Thank God that he has transferred you into the kingdom of his beloved son. Thank God that he has redeemed you. Thank God that he has forgiven your sins by the blood of Jesus. Thank God that he hears and answers your prayers as one of those who belong to him in Jesus, in Christ. Prayer is an amazing privilege. We get to talk to God, our Father. Prayer is a constant discipline. It's not always easy, but we just have to stick with it. And prayer is an awesome responsibility. Devote yourself to prayer. Devote yourself to prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. Lord, we had no access to you, oh God. We had no, no way to come to you. We've been shut off because of our sin. And because of that, we deserve your, your wrath. We, we, we deserve hell, Lord. But because of Jesus, because of Jesus, we get to approach the throne of grace, not the throne of judgment. Lord, may we never forget that prayer is our life connection to you. Lord, we fall short often, but you forgive. You forgive because you are a merciful God. We thank you for that. And friend, as you're listening to me tonight, if you do not know Jesus, I plead with you to give your soul to Christ. You have no idea the road which you are on and what awaits you. Do not play with God. You need a Savior. Come to him.
Lord, prayer is an amazing privilege. Help us. Help us. Help us. Help us love that privilege, to enjoy that privilege. Lord, prayer is a constant discipline. We get in the way with our sinful lives. Lord, help us be disciplined to pray. And Lord, you've commanded us to pray. It's our responsibility and it's awesome. Thank you for allowing us to converse with you. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, I pray that we devote ourselves to prayer, that we give our lives to prayer. Because that is what you have ordained. That's what you have allowed to have access with you through prayer and your word. We thank you for it. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.